Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston sits down for a conversation with a couple of Heartlight's teens. For the past two decades, Heartlight has become the country's premier residential counseling center and boarding school for struggling teens. Founded in 1998 by Mark Gregston and his wife Jan, Heartlight is a program that not only modifies behavior, but one that seeks to offer a unique transformative journey through a relational experience that offers counseling, small group therapy, academics, and activities. We hope you find encouragement as you listen to these stories today. Sam, thanks for being a part of the program today. How did you get to Heartlight in the first place? What was it that, that got you here? About this time last year, really, I got kicked out of school because I got caught cheating multiple times, and I got caught drinking and smoking, and it got reported to... While you were cheating or, or separate incidents? Separate okay. incidents. <laughs> and it got reported to the um, principal and... We had a three-strike policy, and that was my third strike. Wow. What did you do the other times? Uh, cheated. <laughs> cheated. Wow. Cheated twice, and then I cheated a third time and got caught drinking and smoking at the same time. Wow. So. Okay. What do you think was uh, was behind the, the drinking and smoking and the cheating and stuff? I mean, cheating just because you just didn't know the answers and, and you were too lazy to study, or did you were you having a tough time in school, or were you consumed drinking and smoking that you didn't spend any time studying. What was going on? Well, I'm a really smart kid, except for, I guess, those two years. Um, but really, it was because I was depressed and I had no, like, will to work. And so I didn't want to put in the effort to study, so I would just take pictures with the, of the notes on my phone, and I would use it during and school. sit there and look at your phone. Wow. Wow. Where do, you, where do you think the depression was coming from? Well, partially it's genetic, and that's what started it, like, in eighth grade. And then between the summer, or between school, ninth and tenth grade, the summer, we learned that my dad had been cheating on my mom for, like, two years, yeah. and that kind of sent me on a spiral, which made it a lot worse. Yeah. And that made me act out a lot probably because I was desperate, but... Yeah. So do you think, I mean, do you think a lot of that, a lot of it was just a response to what was going on in your life? And it, I mean, I mean, you're depressed already, and then, and then something happens, and it just pushes you over the edge? Some of it was that, and some of it was I just wanted attention, mainly from friends. Just wanted to be accepted, and I didn't really know how to do that. And so, I mean, so you so you say getting being accepted by friends. Did you feel like you were being rejected, or did you just feel like you weren't getting the attention that you needed at home because everybody was consumed taking care of their own stuff? Mainly that, but also like I just typically floated around between groups of people, and I never really made really deep friendships, and so everything was surface level, and I didn't have what I needed. Wow. So it was just me needing to be loved, really. Wow. So do you think it caused problems at home? 
Well, yes, because I always stayed out of the house and I was always sneaking out and yeah. sleeping during the day and partying at night. Yeah. And so how did mom and dad respond to that? Well, when they caught me, they uh, kept adding on more rules and more rules and more rules. And so then it made me want to do it more and more because I like being sneaky. Yeah, yeah. I like getting around things. So I would just find new ways to do it. Wow. So a lot of fighting always? Whenever we would talk, whenever I wasn't avoiding them or if they were avoiding me or when we were together and we were just avoiding the talking about what was actually going on. Yeah. So what what was the crowning blow? I mean, was it, did your dad finally just go, okay, I'm done? Or did your mom go, we can't live like this anymore? Or, I mean, it, what point? Did, I mean, it, you get kicked out of school and was that it? And so you just go, okay, I'm done? Well, they'd already caught me smoking and drinking before I got kicked out of school. And so by the time I did get kicked out of school, like late in that summer, they were just looking for a place for me to go to school. Yeah. And they didn't like any of the schools, any of the other schools in the Austin area. So they started looking at boarding schools, and then they came across this place, and they thought it could help because of where I was at. Wow. Do you think it's helped? Um, well, I mean, I'm 10 months in the program, and hopefully about two months away from finishing. Yeah, yeah. So yes, I do. Yeah. I've changed a lot. I think you have too. I mean, just from the comments that I hear and, and I mean, from what everybody said, has it changed your family though? I mean, is that going to be different? Because you're going to end up leaving here and going back home. Are you going to be able to make it? Honestly, it depends. I didn't get to go on this last break because I wasn't really working in my program. Yeah. And so I don't know, honestly. Yeah. I'm going to have a few days home soon, so. Wow. Hopefully. Does it scare you a little bit? Not really, because I really just want to face the temptations and get them over with. Yeah. So. What about facing your dad and facing your mom? The way that our phone times have been going, I don't think it will be very difficult. Yeah. I think that as long as we work together, we can get through it. You love your parents? I do. Not when I got here, but I do now. Yeah. You think they love you? Yes. Yeah. You know, sometimes I think stuff just gets confusing. I mean, I mean, think about it, e even back when you were in sixth grade or something, before stuff started happening, before your dad did stuff, before your mom did stuff, before whatever. And then you think about stuff when it starts spinning out of control. It's always kind of interesting to me that, that relationships get damaged in that, but that's not the intent. I mean, it's almost like everybody's really trying to handle stuff in their life, and it just spins out, and the relationship is what you know, gets missed, and then everybody kind of falls apart. So you could tell other parents, you know, I mean, you have a you have opportunities to speak to anybody that's listening to us. What could your parents have done different that would have kept all this from happening? Well, I really just hate rules. And whenever they just decide to add on rules and, well, first of all, they have a lot of restrictions because I'm the sixth kid, and so... They know everything that the kids before me have done. <laughs> yeah. And so, I don't know, just having unnecessary rules or not being able to understand why the rules are there. Yeah, or yeah. Just like misunderstandings, really. And yeah. You know, by the time you're the sixth kid, you would think they would have learned, you know, because some people are just going, I don't care now. Mm -hmm. You know, but other parents go, no, now we know. So they take all of the tricks 
from everybody for the first six kids, and then they put all the restrictions on you. Okay, what could it, what could you have done different? You think I could have shown them I was trustworthy instead of trying to sneak around the rules in the first place? Yeah, yeah. Because that's what created more rules and created more of an issue between us, really. Yeah, and broken relationship. Wow. Well, I hope it goes well. I mean, because I mean, you, you sure are doing well here, and and. Um, I just, I just hope it goes well. I, I think it will because your mom and dad are trying hard, at, you know, at the same time. They are. Cool. I hope it does too. Cool. Hey, thanks for being a part of the program. Anytime. You bet. Thanks. Moms, dads, and grandparents are all part of a journey that will change the destiny of their families. And that journey can be changed for the better. Mark Gregston has written three books that will help encourage relationships, strengthen marriages, and help all moms, dads, and grandparents out there stay focused on what truly matters. For moms, Prayers for My Teen, a book of prayers and devotionals to help them stay anchored. For fathers, a devotional for dads, a series of devotions to help them protect their marriage and encourage their children. And finally, Grandparenting Today's Teens is a resource for any grandparent who wants to connect to their teen grandchildren in a meaningful way. Moms, Dads, and Grandparents, three books that can help change them all and change the course of their family's future. You can order Prayers for My Teen, A Devotional for Dads, and Grandparenting Today's Teens by visiting parentingteenresources.org. Caden, thanks for being a part of the program today. I, I know that you and I have had plenty of time to sit down and, and talk and spend time together throughout your time here at Heartlight, but I want, I want everybody else to meet you and know who you are. I mean, like okay. you're in seventh grade and you smoke yes. pot for the first time. Right. And it was because of a boy. Okay. So, so, so here you are smoking pot. And mm-hmm. Do you remember when you did that? Yes. Yes. I regretfully yes. remember it. Or? Uh, I think I was 13, maybe 14. And the guy I was dating was 18. And I I don't think he would have cared if I didn't. I think he would have been fine with it. But I was like, in my mind, it was boyfriends and girlfriends are the same. They have to do the same things and be yeah, the yeah. same person. And so if he was smoking weed and we were in an area where his friends were smoking weed, then I didn't want, like, I'm not his girlfriend if I don't smoke weed. Okay, you know the, the thing that's a little weird with that is I I understand a 13 year old girl wanting to hang out with an 18 year old guy. Right. I understand that. I don't agree with it, but but I don't understand an 18 year old guy wanting to hang out with a 13 year old girl. Right. That's a little weird a little to weird. me. When you look back on that, are, does that weird you out a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I knew I was mature. For my age, but I was also very immature at a lot of moments. And so, yes. And I wasn't, like, I wasn't hot. Like, I had braces, and I didn't <laughs> take, like, I just, like, I wasn't, I didn't look older. And so, yeah, that, I think that really was. But but anyway, what do you think the drive was for you as a 13-year-old that you wanted the affection of an 18-year-old? What was driving inside of you that made you long for that? I I don't want to put, I mean, stereotypically, it's because I have a bad relationship with my father. 
And your dad's a pretty neat guy. He is very neat. I, I mean, he's very I love amazing. Him to death, he's so. very amazing. He's very smart. When I was younger, he had a very strange way of showing affection. Mm. His way of showing affection was teaching me the world. He wanted me to learn independency when I was young. And so I think at my age that I was at when I moved in with him, I was nine, that independency was more of not independency. He gave me a lot of like isolation. Really? So I'd get home at school, what, three to four, and they wouldn't get home till six, seven, maybe eight o'clock. And if I wanted a snack, I had to make it. If I needed, I mean, I have to entertain myself for several hours, I'm going to have to learn how to do it. And so I was left at home a lot. You think that's where guys came into play? And um, Well, yeah, I didn't really get affection from my dad. I just got, like, knowledge. Mm. And so I tried to tell him, Dad, like, spend time with me. I told him, Dad, spend time yeah, with yeah, me. Yeah. And he was like, I do. I took her to the museum last week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so um, I almost, I guess I dated older guys because I knew that I'd almost get my dad's attention. Mm. And it wasn't like a... I want him to beat up the guys. I want him to notice me. And he's obviously going to start like paying attention to me if this older guy's coming into play. Wow. So you, you've got this relationship with your dad. You're dating older guys. You're smoking pot in seventh grade. What started, what started to get to the point where you were going, okay, there is something that's not right. That, I mean, when did you begin to realize? Was it before you got to Heartlight or after you got to Heartlight? Well... I think I knew before I got to Harley, I just want to say it out loud and I wouldn't even admit it to myself. Mm. And so I think when I actually realized, okay, there's something wrong was um, I tried to commit suicide when I was in sophomore year. So I was 16, just a few years ago before I came to Harley. It was my mindset was the reason why my life sucks so bad is because I'm getting punished. I have done so much wrong in my life. I've hurt so many people. The reason why my life sucks and I'm being like emotionally hurt and like put down is because I deserve it. It wouldn't be happening to me if I didn't deserve it. So it's just my punishment. I wanted to get out of my punishment. And so suicide was a thought. Was, yes. was there ever a thought that maybe I need to quit doing the stuff that I'm doing to to stop the consequences? Or was it just... Well, no, this is pretty normal because I'm meeting my needs. Um, it actually was the opposite. It was, I, I wasn't, I felt like I wasn't getting enough punishment. Wow. Like physical punishment. I felt like I should get like, for example, more grounding or more spankings or yada, yada, yada versus like I was in a a lot more emotional pain because I was, I saw the pain that's And that's interesting because it's, I want more, but but more is driving you to want to commit suicide, but right. you're not doing it because you're close to family. That seems like a pretty conflicted life. Yeah. Okay, so when your parents got a hold of us and you weren't bad enough, then what happened the next year that made it bad enough? That Because I would already go, man, I heard that. I'd go, it's bad now. I mean, right. this little girl's messed up. So what happened that brought you to the point of going, okay, I'm going. Well, I ran away from home and Mm. I've never done that before. I'm talking like I packed my suitcase. It was pretty planned. I was planned that day, but um, it was planned. um, At what age? 16. Wow. And so 
my parents, I don't think they got more than 12 hours of sleep within the week I was gone. Wow. They did Facebook advertisements. They did everything they could um, to try to find me, and they did. They found me, and when I saw them, I still physically ran away from them, yeah. physically, when yeah. I saw them. Yeah. And so um, that was... And when they did that to try to find me, they had to dig and dig and dig and dig. And the little subtle things that they kind of knew something was more underlining over the last Mm. five years, Mm. they were able to find out what all that underlining stuff was. What was it? Drugs, but that wasn't the primary. I think that was just like... That's just the expression of other issues going on. Um, I tried to do anything just to get money. And so I wasn't willing to... Like, I was about to prostitute myself. I was just, I just wanted more money. I just wanted to be more independent. And my mom wrote me a letter when I was in wilderness, and it said, you're willing to sell yourself for so-called freedom. And that has always stuck with me, that line. Because that's true. I was willing to put myself in a very un, not, like, I didn't have a lot of freedom being in that situation, but I thought I was getting freedom, but I was, I was doing the complete opposite. Wow. You know, it's, it, I mean, it's always interesting. I, you know, the, the situations that, that people find themselves caught in, uh, in a sentence, where would you have been had you not come to Heartlight? Uh, I mean, I tell everyone I'd be dead. Mm-hmm. And a lot of kids here, they're like, why does everyone say that? But it's true. If you actually look at the timeline of my life, what I was doing with my life. If it wasn't for suicide again, it would have been by an accidental overdose yeah, of something else. Because yeah. wow. when I ran away, I was like, well, there's no one else to make happy. It's just me now. So yeah. why shouldn't I try Molly? Why shouldn't I try XC? Why shouldn't yeah. I try acid? Why yeah. not all three at once? Yeah. So yeah. it was just a downhill spiral. I didn't really care about my life or myself. Wow. Well, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're doing better. You're getting ready to go home soon, and and uh, and if people are scratching their head listening to this, then <laughs> I would go. Now you know exactly what parents feel when they're right. scratching their head trying to figure out what they do with a child that's spinning out of control. But, Caden, thanks for being a part of the of the program. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit parentingtodaysteens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit heartlightministries.org. If this podcast has been helpful to your family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.